Good. All right. Five, four, three. Welcome to the Savage Podcast over here at Six Zero Football Academy. I am your host, Matt McChesney. Uh, we are on TikTok Live once again. What's up, all you TikTokers out there? Uh, welcome to the show, as always. Uh, didn't know this was going to happen today, but I'll take it. Uh, my man Derek Wolf is back in the house here on the Savage Podcast. And David Bruton uh, is always here, obviously, running between the lines physical therapy here uh, at 6 0. He's working on Big Derek this morning. We're running D line groups. We're working out. Everybody's sweaty. Everybody's hot. And that's the way we get down at this place. So, like I said, this is episode five of the Savage Podcast, and we are rolling, okay? Uh, Derek Wolf, David Bruton Jr. I'm your host, Matt McChesney, and we roll, okay? Right off the bat, uh, I want to talk to you about our good friends at Rico's Burritos. Uh, they're going to bring us our first step. These burritos are fantastic. Uh, we're always eating them in here on a daily basis, so go check them out on, online. And uh, the, the first step is brought to you by our good friends at Rico's Burritos. All right, so moving forward here. <clears throat> Thank you to Rico's Burritos for all that they do. I want to talk about college football right after that. A proud Bearcat, Cincinnati Bearcat, moving to the Big 12. You're a proud Golden Domer from Notre Dame. Uh, last year, that game in South Bend was crazy. Um, I'm, I'm a CU buff, but I'm I'm a Big 12 CU buff. So just keep that in mind. I'm not a Pac-12 CU buff. I'm a Big 12 CU buff. Um, college football, in my opinion, is the shit. I love it. I don't like what they're doing right now with conference realignment. But at the same time, uh, I do. How do you guys feel about the entire conference realignment thing? Look, you're an independent, so yep. no offense, but fuck your smug stuff. I was about to say, as long as we say independent, man, as long as we say independent. Every Notre Dame guy, no. They're like, well, why would we join a cop? Why? We don't have to. Yeah, it's, so they stole they stole our coach when I was in college. Yeah, that's what they did. They didn't. stole Brian Kelly from us. We didn't steal, we didn't steal shit. That man does it all the time. Listen. He did jump that money at LSU, too, did, yeah. but... but you straight stole his ass. They stole him. We were getting ready to play Florida, Tebow's senior year. We're the number three team in the country. And he brings us into the uh, to, into the auditorium and tells us, oh, by the way, I can't coach you. Yeah. And then he had like a, he had like a armed guard with him to take him out of there. Because <laughs> he was scared shit. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we, we can't were, coach you, Jeff. What, motherfucker? <laughs> we were, I was so pissed. <laughs> That's his choice, man. You can't put that oh, on look, us. I can't, I can't, I can't. The guy for chasing and Notre Dame told him he wasn't allowed to coach. That's mm. why he couldn't coach. So it was you. Mm. So, yeah, what's well, Notre Dame? Bunch of we all hate you guys. Everyone hates you. <laughs> I, we love you, but I hate your school. Parents, like, fuck his school. <laughs> it works. But look, I don't think Notre Dame will ever join a conference unless they're forced to, unless they do end up in like four 20 team conferences for 80 plus or, or 80 schools or. The Big Ten and the SEC just kind of encompass everybody eventually, which I, I can see that happening as well, yeah. to eliminate the NCAA. At least kids can try and get paid now through NIL, although that's a real slippery slope. Yeah, here's, here's how you can, for, you can force them in. Here's how you could do it. You could force them into a conference if you, if you did a, if those conferences did a collective bargaining agreement so that they could collectively all have a cap number that they could give to the players. And then, then it might force the Notre Dame students or the Notre Dame players to say, well, we're not going to get any of that money if we're not in a conference. Exactly. So look, how did you feel about the COVID year when they went to the ACC? I think, did you like it? I didn't like the fact that we had to play the ACC. I, I hated the fact that we couldn't play USC and all those other teams that we got used to. But I mean, for us to still be able to play was huge, but I would not want to join that fucking conference. Yeah. I wouldn't want to stay in that conference. That's fair. All right, so you're going to the Big 12. I want CU to go back to the Big 12 
worse than anything like unless we can get into the Big Ten and see is an AAU university. Nebraska used to be one. They're the only one in the Big Ten that's not. I'd like to think that the Big Ten will take them, but I don't know that. Um, the Big 12 seems like a good landing spot if the Pac-12 does dissolve, and I don't see how it can survive without the LA market. Talk about the Big 12, Cincinnati going there. How do you feel about that, playing all eight teams? I mean, it's a, it's a good jump up for you guys. Well, yeah, well, I felt like, you know, when they got rid of the Big East, right, because we were just yeah, that, dominating the Big conference. East. And it was such, the Big East was awesome. Like, Not only that, but basketball, though. We were talking about the yeah, 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 yeah. basketball fun conference, the Big East man. was so dope. Yeah, it was. We had so many good teams in there, you know, and it, for them to get bumped bumped down was like, why did we get bumped down? We weren't playing bad football, you know. You're taking these other teams and putting them in better conferences, but you bumped Cincinnati down. So the thing that I love about what the Big Twelve is doing, and I wish everybody else did this, instead of plucking Texas and Oklahoma or plucking SC and UCLA or even back in the day, see you going to the Pac-12, Nebraska going to the Big Ten, and that's what started all this shit, and then they lose Texas A&M, then they lose Missouri, and then people just start moving. West yeah. Virginia's gone, the Big East yeah. gone, yeah. One thing I love about what the Big 12 is doing is they're not just plucking teams. They didn't go after the Pac-12 immediately. They went to Cincinnati and Houston. Mm -hmm. And and who who are the other two? Cincinnati, Houston. uh, Who are the other two? Uh, BYU. BYU. And... Okay. Who's the last one? I can't remember. I can't remember. But, How but, can I not remember this? Central Florida. Yeah. Teams, that, teams that have done yeah. well. Teams, teams have done well. They yeah. have good bases. Mm-hmm. The Florida market for the yep. Big 12. Mm-hmm. And they elevate them. Yep. They don't just go pluck other great schools. They mm-hmm. elevate the conference with four great teams. The team that was in the fucking playoff last year. Yeah. And Cincinnati over the last 15, 20 years has been one of the top programs in college football. Yep. So yeah. I, I look at it like, okay. Notre Dame eventually needs to join a conference. I don't know if you will, but you might be forced to. Yeah, the only way I see the only way we're going to join the conference is if we go undefeated and we keep getting fucked at the end. Like, nope, you don't get that playoff bid. Nope, you don't get that playoff bid. Nope, could you know, which which essentially could, happen. and that's the only way the hand's going to get forced. It's so fun. we have endless monies. Like we have. Then you got your. They're going to re up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. Where do you think it'll go moving forward? You think there's four conferences, three conferences, the Pac-12 and the Big 12? They've got, I think they've got to join eventually, right? The they don't have to do anything right now because of the TV deals. Yeah, the way it's trending. 2025 hits and Texas and Oklahoma say peace, and USC and UCLA say peace, and you just lost the best two teams in the Big 12, and you lost the LA market in the Pac-12. Notice how I didn't say the best two teams in the Pac-12. Right. Yeah. They just put the market. Yeah, that gives yeah. me hope that CU could get into a bigger, bigger market because of where we're at. For sure. But how, how do you see it going forward? Being all of us being Division One players here. I mean, it's hard to tell. I never thought I'd see players getting paid. So I mean, I'm it's so hard to tell. About you know, that. me too. I'm. It's awesome. Get your money, boys. Yeah, it's all, That's so great to me. Um, but I just I don't know. It's hard to tell what's going to happen with the league, with the with the NCAA, what they're going to do. I don't think it will. Yeah, my boy Joel Platt, I played with him at CU and we were captains together. He's one of my best friends. He's the he's my go-to. He's, yeah. he's like the Herb Street on Fox, right? Yeah. And he's saying that in three years, when the TV deals are up in 2025 and everybody has to sit down at the table and really negotiate this, right? They are going to be forced to join conferences and make moves. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's going to be too much money on the table yeah. if you don't do it. Yeah. If the Pac-12 tries to negotiate a contract, they're going to be on the same basis like the Mountain West. That's where their money's at right yeah. now. That ain't good. Yeah. And if the Big 12 and the Pac-12 together and you combine all those markets and then maybe, you know, and then the then the ACC is kind of screwed looking, looking mm-hmm. 
on the outside looking in. So, man, I, I don't know where it goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's four 20-team conferences or two split right down, right down yeah. the Mississippi River. And then you yep. just, like, you, this the region plays each other, this region plays each yeah. other, and you just... Here's, here's the question. What if everybody went independent and just makes their own schedules? I mean... Then you got then, then the TV well. That's deal, that's TV where deal, right? yeah, yeah. The t- that's where you get you get you blur the lines with the TV deals, and then you also blur the lines with like you got teams playing week schedules, and it's like well we didn't have the opportunity to play those teams, they wouldn't play us because we wouldn't pay them, you know, yeah. and that's just the way it goes. And you got then you got teams buying out of games. I don't want to see Alabama Mercer anymore in the in November. No, yeah. Yeah. that's, yeah. that's got to change. But look, college football is moving in the right direction. Um, I'd like to think that it's going to continue to be productive. I'm going to watch the shit. I'm going to bet on it. It's awesome. So, yeah. Um, you know, all that's great. And, and look, anybody that hears anything here at six zero, it's a gym. There's guys in the film room watching film. It's what it is. It's not a big deal. Uh, that's what we do here at six zero. So if you hear anything in the background, fucking deal with it. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving forward here. Thank you to Rico's Burritos for bringing us. Uh, our first step here, call, talking about college football. I, honestly, I think your team is set for another 10-win season. You guys are always in that boat. I know you like Marcus Freeman. Yep. Um, and, and I think CU's a 6-6 six, six football team, but that is the that is the internal optimist for Colorado football inside of me, too. So we'll see where we go. All right, moving forward here. Uh, the next segment here, we're talking about uh, Deshaun Watson and a little bit of NFL stories are brought to you by our good friends at Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. Make sure you check out this protein here at 6-0. Uh, the whey protein is what I use today when I got done with my workout. This stuff is amazing. We sell it here at the at the uh, at the lab at six zero. So go check out Center for Functional Medicine, and thank you to them for all that they do. All right, now Deshaun Watson gets six games. Um, I'm hearing that Goodell is not is not like very happy with Sue Robinson, the the judge's ruling, and he I've heard that they're going to go twelve or a year and change the ruling. Um, Calvin Ridley gets a year for $1,500 bet. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, what? Look, man, all three of us are best at bets. We've all been fined, right? I was never suspended. You were never suspended. I was. You were suspended. Mm-hmm. Were you ever suspended? No. I, this fucking hypocrisy, bro. Oh, it's disgusting. It is. Yeah. I can't. Look, I can handle a suspension if I get in trouble. I'm a man. I'll handle it. No. I'll say I did something wrong and I'll handle it. If that's the rule. But this seems like there's no consistency. I don't know what the fucking rules are. Josh Gordon's career was was ruined over smoking weed, which is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. And then he he gets blackballed, but he keeps getting multiple, multiple, multiple chances. Somebody else smoke gets caught smoking weed. You'll never it's see gone. him in the league. Never. Like it makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. I, look, there's coaches that go home and indulge. Mm-hmm. Players can't you like didn't used to be able to. They say they're not testing for it anymore, but I guarantee you shady ass NFL. Even if you have weed in your system, they're gonna fucking find out that you do, and they may not suspend you or fuck with you, but at least sitting in the in the offices, guaranteed they're like, oh, well, this guy smokes. Well, they're taking oh, your pee all the time. You know what I mean? My point. Yep. Randomly testing you for steroids exactly. all the time, so it's so they're always looking, and they have the funds to look. Um, do you feel like this hypocrisy will ever end? And then, nah. like, no. it, 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 Deshaun Watson, there's a there's one contingent of people that think he's getting screwed. And he, you know, it's a legal matter, and he settled, and he settled a bunch of the court cases. One of them is going to court. Uh, he settled everything else, and he went through the legal process. And then there's another where there's 66 plus women who 
old Captain Rub and Tug fucking got down on. But at the same, like, I'm torn, man. I'm right in the middle of this where six-game suspension doesn't seem like that's enough. But at the same time, it's not a legal matter. And he's not he's not being arrested. He's not being charged with rape or anything. Yeah, but here's what, you, here's what you're missing. You're missing the fact that he, the league is going to look at it as, you, you have to protect that badge, right? That NFL badge. Yeah, the shield. So if you make the shield look, look bad, bad. Yep. they're going to make you look bad. Yep. Yep. They're going to put it on you so it's not on the shield. So, so, we, so we get double jeopardy. As an NFL player, we're oh, double yeah. jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Like you, you can be totally clear in a court of law, and the NFL can just come in and be like, well, that doesn't matter. Nope. Yeah, here's, here's your punishment. Exactly. So, look, I think that Goodell's going to come out and drop the hammer on his ass. Yeah. And I, look, man, Deshaun, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns cut him at that point because they have an out in the $230 million guarantee contract mm-hmm. where if this goes down, they can just cut his ass. Yeah. And then that really makes looking that makes Baker Mayfield and that move look even fucking worse. Yeah. God damn, that was stupid. So look. If you're Calvin Ridley, like you're sitting at home for a fifteen hundred dollar bet you lost a year. I was talking to you about this the other day, Brute. Yeah. Do you is that because of bylaw? Uh, yeah, it's a bylaw. Like, yeah, a law. Like, yeah, we signed. You're suspended for a year. We signed. We signed. We signed on that. Like, yeah. so they make us sign it every why year. Why doesn't the NFL mandate a domestic violence policy then, or a sexual assault policy, or any of that? Why does that? Why call it? that specific? They call it a personal uh, behavior, misperception. Yeah, personal yeah. conduct. No, no but yeah. like you get caught gambling, you're gone for a year. Mm-hmm. Like that's the rule. Yeah, right? yeah. But there's no like. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's no, no set. Yeah, there's no there's set. No like, precedent. there's no set rules on like, okay, yeah. this is domestic violence. This is consi- it's it's open to uh, interpretation. interpretation. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it's it's kind of like a, a holding call, yeah, or a pass interference call for a referee. They just get to pick and choose what they think is an actual call, and that's what's happening with the league. Is you got so Goodell's just a, a ref, pretty much up there. Right, he's, just, yeah. he's, a, he's a mediator. So he's, yeah. a, he's a personal conduct referee. Yeah, yeah. makes me hate him even more. Yeah, I, I mean, shit, this guy. he gets paid $50 million a year. $50 million! Can you believe that yeah. shit? Can you believe how much this guy makes? It's un- incredible. I mean, yeah. it's the most unbelievable shit I've ever heard in my life. So, it's crazy. So, look, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's ever going to change because the league is super profitable. The the lowest franchise is like over $4 million. The, right. the Cowboys just got evaluated at some insane number of the most of the 20 something 20 something billion dollars <laughs> the number one franchise so the, the owners are making money here on the fifth he works for them players figure it out man you better walk that line or they'll find a way to get rid of your own oh, yeah. real yeah. real quick yeah. all right so moving forward here um I wouldn't be surprised at all if Deshaun is suspended for the whole year but hey man I can't call it I guess we'll see okay so Let's go on to the Broncos, okay? Denver Broncos are in camp. All three of us play for the Denver Broncos, proud Broncos. Um, Tim Patrick going down yesterday, like Brave, kind of broke my heart a little bit. Yeah, That's undrafted yeah. guy. He's busted his ass. He's done everything he can. He's been cut multiple times. He's had to move all over the place. He finally got his bag. And I think this is a huge loss, bro. Oh, it's like, a huge loss. It's massive motivation in the wide receiver room. Competition's gone. Mm-hmm. Like... I feel like now Jerry Judy can just sit there and go like that. This is my job instead of having to really work for the reps. Because yeah. Tim's a better player than Jerry. Yeah, Corlin's a better player than Jerry. So if you're, we're saying we're in, in a, a personnel group being at twelve or thirteen where there's only two receivers, I'd rather have Tim and Jerry and, and Sutton on the field than Judy. And 
yes, this is an opportunity for Judy to step up, but losing Tim Patrick is huge. What do you guys think about this? I mean, yeah, you can go ahead, bro. It breaks. Yeah. It does. It breaks my heart. Because I, yeah. I love Tim. Like, He's I, such a good dude. Yeah, good dude, and like great catch. Great catch radius. Never dropped the damn pass. Like I don't think I've seen seen him drop one. Like that guy who always come up with the big play, clutch play. Had a had a quarterback to get the ball to him. I was excited as all hell for this wide receiver room. I'm like, yeah, me too. Shit, they're gonna put up some points. They're gonna make things happen. And I yeah. feel with like him, especially Russell. I feel like Russell like would have had the most rapport with him, in my opinion. Yeah, like he's the, he's gonna be the third down guy. He's mm-hmm. gonna be like without a dominant pass catching tight end on the field. And look, Alberto's a good player, but he's got to prove it. Yeah, Patrick's your third down guy. Mm-hmm. He's your possession receiver. He runs the best routes. He's got the cleanest hands, like yep. you said. Yep. How so? Look, if you're Judy and Hamler's coming back from injury, I like KJ. I think he's a good player. And then you're Sutton. How do you look at this in the receiver room now? They've got to pick this up big time. Those three have got to have got to accommodate for every single uh, opportunity down the field, and we are going to throw play action over people's heads like crazy. Yeah. Well, and you never know. You know how it is in this league. It's next man up. Yep. Uh, so you never know. Somebody, yeah, somebody might step up and surprise everybody, because all eyes are going to be on those three guys, and there's going to be one guy that might be able to step up. So what do you, what do you think about all of a sudden? I love him. I I I, I like his skill set. I love him. You know, I think the knee injury from a couple years ago hindered him. You know, that knee brace definitely played a huge role last year. I think you know, getting a little more mobile, stronger, more confident in that leg. We're gonna see him take that. Well, if he's that good with the quarterback play he had, (laughs) how good could everybody be now? Like Judy didn't have any touchdowns last year. He missed a ton of time with that ankle, Mm -hmm. which people like don't talk about. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But now you got Russell Wilson, who, in my opinion, is a top five quarterback in the NFL and a Hall of Famer. Okay? Yeah, definitely. Um, with these three, with Hamler's speed, with Sutton's possession and big body and red zone ability, and then Jerry Judy, that first round ability and route running and all that mm-hmm. stuff. When I was out there at training camp last week, everybody kept saying that Jerry Judy has soft bones. It's like, what soft bones, man? They're like, I don't know. He just catches the ball with soft bones. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I've never heard that before. That's a media. It's just yeah. media guys that yeah. talk shit. So I'm like, soft bones. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but how big of a year is this for Jerry Judy? And how long before people start calling him a bust if he doesn't start showing up? I mean, I mean, you can't call him a bust. I'm not saying you we know. are. but no. You know. Look, if he's in year four and he's struggling like that, you know, then you could start bringing that up, you know, but I, I don't see it. This I don't, is year no. three for Jerry or two? Two. No, it's three. This is three. Is it three? He, he wasn't a rookie last year. It's, this is it's just three. three. Yeah. So. so this is year three. This is when this he, this break. is when you're going to, well, this I would say, I think this is year two for him. He missed all of last yeah. year. So like, like to me, this is a high angles brain. Like I think, I think a, a healthy Jerry yeah. Judy, yeah. a healthy Jerry Judy, who has a good quarterback, who's going to put the ball in the right place for him. You know, it's going to be, I think, and I like Jerry. I like the way, I like the kind of player he is. I like the kind of person he is. You know, he's uh, always showed, showed great respect to me. Never, you know, he didn't know me from anything. So, you know, I just I like the kid. I think he's going to be good, and I think that he just needs that opportunity to stay healthy. And then, and then I want to piggyback on that. It's like Cortland yeah. is the leader in that room. Oh yeah, he has that C on his chest for a reason. He's going to have to elevate. He's going to have to educate. He's going to have to because 
Yeah, he doesn't have anybody else older with him. Yep. Right. Like, you know, you just lost Tim. Go, go Brandon so, Marshall this week, bitch. Go yep. Bob Smith this week. Yep. Go be the best. Go DT this bitch. Yep. Go be the guy. Yep. He's got the ability. And now you got the quarterback. So now let's go full circle here at Russ. I never played against Russ in the NFL. I was on offense, and I was gone by the time he got into the NFL. Mm-hmm. You guys played against him. Not only you, you played against him in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I played yeah. against him a bunch. I played, played against him in college, too. And in college. So... Talk about Russell Wilson and not only what he's bringing to Denver from, you know, the, the Lex ride and all that bullshit, but let's talk about the tangible things that this guy's bringing with this football team and how excited you are as an to be able to watch competent quarterback play again. Yeah, I mean, first first and foremost, he brings leadership to that side of the ball because without a, without a, the quarterback is the leader of the offense. Like, that's just the way it has to be. 100%. Like, if you're not – if the quarterback has to has to command and lead the offense. If your quarterback doesn't have a C on his chest in this league, your team is fucked. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to win a lot of games. You're not you, – you might win, you know, nine games, like, and then consider that a great season. In 2016, you guys came back and you were 9-7. Nine 9-7. And seven. You nine were and seven. a game away from the playoffs. And Trevor had a good year. He made the Pro Bowl that year. I'm not saying that he had a bad year, but – you put Russell Wilson on that team, and you guys are back in the Super Bowl. Right. Like that, that defense was still eating people fucking lunch. Yeah. So it, it's it just continue to elaborate on Russ and what you really see him bringing. Like, do you think he's gonna run around as much as he does? And does does seventy two give you some qualms with you know he's really good with pocket passers and he's figured that out. It's not holding anymore, which is fantastic. I also think. Let me say this. I think Garrett was targeted as well. Absolutely. I think the refs looked at him out of college and said, he's really aggressive and he's putting people on the ground. And I think the same thing's going to happen to that Pennington kid that went out of Northern Iowa that mm-hmm. went to New Orleans. Yeah. If you yeah. look at all of his clips through senior ball and shit and evaluation, he had DDTing people. Yeah. Throwing them into quarterback's legs. He's shit, happening right? in camp yet. He's happening in camp, yeah. right? So he's throwing them into the quarterback's legs in camp. They're calling that guy for holding. Oh, yeah. They're, like the refs are sitting there at the practices. They're sitting there going, this kid's going to have 15 holding belts this year. Yeah. So I think that Garrett was targeted a little bit. I think he's grown out of that. He's yeah. really, really good with his hands. Mm-hmm. He just figured it out. Yep. Um, so I don't agree with the narrative out here that a mobile Russell Wilson is somehow going to make Garrett go back to the, the, the ways of holding. Well, also, yeah. think about where the boot's going. The boot is going away, away. away from Garrett. So, he, like, literally, all he, he has to do is walk. Yeah. He didn't have a great offensive line in Seattle. No, he didn't. Let's, so, let's be real. Other than Dwayne Brown, and they, they tried. They went and got Dwayne Brown. Mm-hmm. But the other four pieces were just guys. Yeah. You know? When you're getting, you got somebody, you know, coming up, you got interior pressure nonstop on this guy. Crush. So how's he supposed to sit in there confident? Well, isn't that the game plan when you guys played him? Oh, yeah. Your face pressure, yeah. make him roll. Yeah, yep. make him roll, keep him back there. He'll just keep running backwards. And eventually you'll get one. And yeah. 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 Or you'll okay. get him to just toss one up to you. Okay, so look, he, he's young. He says he wants to stay here for 10, 12 years. He's got the, you know, fourth thing on his shoe, which... Okay, let's... If you're gonna, if you're gonna put it out there, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go get a fucking ring. Um... The the whole like I want to win four Super Bowls thing kind of sounded like LeBron a little bit when he was like maybe six seven. I don't I I don't know if I would come out as Russell Wilson and say that, but I'm not fucking Russell Wilson. Yeah. So like I mean that, man, that kind of confidence from your quarterback. I think any other player says that and you're like, dude, yeah. shut up. Yeah. But Russell said it, and the whole team's like, you know what? I think we could get four fucking Super Bowls. Top, top down, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Top down. <laughs> so top it comes down. back to what Derek's talking about, the, the leadership aspect of it. All right, so Nathaniel Hackett. 
um, you know, game plan against them. He's been all over the NFL and the Jacksonville when they were good, at Green Bay last couple of years. You guys obviously know his offense and his scheme. Do you think Hackett is going to be a really – look, he had – you know, he had uh, an array of different guys in Seattle. It was mm-hmm. like they were changing guys every single year. And what was it? Daryl Bevel was his OC when they were really productive, right? Yeah. And making it to title games in the Super Bowl. And then Daryl left. And they, you know, they had kind of a revolving door offense coordinator. So I think that wore out a little bit. Um, just talk about Hackett's offense here. And the whole new coaching staff, that's really, it's very intriguing to me. Because they're all so young. Yeah. And you guys were there with Vic and Coach Kolar, and he's still there, but he's not really the defensive line coach anymore, but he's, he is. Mm-hmm. Just just talk about the youth and the coaching staff, and if that's going to bite us in the ass and be the reason that, like, that Brandon Staley guy last year for the Chargers, if he doesn't go for it on fourth down 900 times, maybe he only goes for it on fourth down 10 times instead of the 35 times he did. They're in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's a first-year coach. He's just throwing caution to the wind. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to get that out of Hackett and, like, just, like, kind of reckless and just kind of out there fucking throwing it around? Or are you going to get more of that, you know, very consistent, methodical, score, score 24 points, play good defense? I think you're going I think you're going to see a mixture of both. I think you're going to see, see what we've seen in Green Bay, you know, scoring that. 24, 25 points, but he's also got that experience. Like, I don't take a chance. We don't get past the NFC Championship game multiple times in a row. So I think we're going to see a flavor. Like, he may come out aggressive, pick his games. Okay, that game, game seven, we're going to be a little more aggressive here so we can get over that hump. And then when guys are met with that opportunity in that AFC Championship game, that Russell's saying that we're going to get by to get to the Super Bowl, let's – we're we're used to it. We're ready for it. We're ready for whatever the hell's thrown at us, and we know what the hell they expect from coach. Like with Wade, like we knew fourth down, we're fucking blitzing. Yeah, we are yeah, fucking I'm zero. Yeah, like we're coming after. Sit you. sit down and jump some shit while let these big boys make, go eat. Make, make, make yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So this run game, they're bringing in that West Coast run game, that wide zone with the cutback. It that look that shit works. Mm-hmm. No one can stay around and say it doesn't work. It's hard to stop. Um. The offensive lineman, obviously, you battled against a bunch of these guys in camp for a long time. You think this offensive line is, I think they're set up for a lot of success with this one. Back. Especially with this style. Bootlegs, mm-hmm. play action shots. They walk that fucking safety down in the box here, and Russell's going to be like, oh boy, here we go. We're cooking. So tell, tell everybody just how complicated that zone scheme is trying to stop. Well, I mean, it's, it's tough because you have to play so flat down the line as a defensive lineman. While you're getting shot, they're trying to cut your legs out. They're trying to, you know, they're doing misdirection. It could, it looks like a, it looks like a zone run. Then it ends up being a boot. Yeah. You know, it's just there's a lot of shit you can run off of that. You know, it's not just, uh, it's not just one dimensional offense where it's like, oh, they're going to run downhill runs. It's going to be boots and bellies, and that's all you're going to see. No, it's it's going to open up a lot for him. It's like, you know, Kubiak ran that same type style of offense, yeah. and he had a ton of success. With it. We had a lot of success with it here, and we didn't even have the quarterback mobility that no, we have with Russell. No, we have. It just. I think that their offense can be explosive, mm-hmm. and I think that I think if their offense can score twenty-one to twenty-four points a game, they can win the AFC West. If you win the AFC West, you got a good chance of winning a Super Bowl. Oh, oh, right. you, should, you should win it. You should win it if you get out of AFC West. I t- the Devontae Williams, Melvin Gordon thing. What did you and and look step out of the NFL veteran shoes? You're Devontae Williams. They bring back Melvin Gordon when it's supposed to be your job. How do you feel? 
I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. Nothing. See, that's the thing about this league. Everything is everything is earned. You got to you don't just earn it one year. You got to earn it multiple years. You got to do it multiple years for them to get that confidence in you. So, what do you think about Javante? I think he's number one. I think he's the one back. Yeah, he's, right. he's the number. Oh, how are they going to split these carry? If you were if you were the offense coordinator of the running back coach, and you were sitting there going, okay, how are we going to split touches between these two? If we've got max seventy plays in a game. 65 35. 65 35. Percentage wise. Okay. That's what I would And do. then if Javante goes down, you've got a great back. You know, right there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I can get with that. I can fuck with that. Hey, you guys are making me uh, feel good about my next prediction. <laughs> All right. So, look, uh, the schedule, you know, it, it's something I look at every year when you're trying to figure out who's what and what's what. Okay. I got the Broncos going 12 and 5. I got them finished second in the West. Um, but I only have two teams out of the West making the playoffs, and the Chiefs make one of them. Just, just so you know. Um, so I got to finish. I got to start at seven and one though before that bye. And the, you know they've got some good teams on the on the docket there. And then the second half of the season at Tennessee, the Raiders at Carolina, at Baltimore, Kansas City, Arizona at the Rams, at Kansas City, and then the Chargers to end. There's a schedule right there. That's the way I've, I've worked it out. I think that they have a huge opportunity to be an 11, 12 win team if they do things at a, at a consistent level and they play good defense, which I know they're going to. Mm-hmm. Simmons and Kareem and Patrick Sertan, bro. Dude, at, at fucking practice the other day, Sertan was eating the offense or the, the receivers alive. Yeah. Like, Corbin Sutton was visual, visually pissed off about it. Nobody could fucking run by this guy. He's just out there like playing with him. Is Sertan as good as I think he is? Because his daddy was a fucking animal. And we talked about it. Like, he's, it's not just skill set, but, like, think about the knowledge that he got. Like, the knowledge he got from his dad. His dad played with Sam Madison and all that whole Miami D secondary who was probably really good. Like, up there, he's top good. five. They, they were yeah. damn good secondary. Yeah. That's when they had Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas. Yep. And, yep. Well, like, and Jay Fiedler was their quarterback. And if maybe wasn't their quarterback, they would have won some games. <laughs> but great defensive uh, teams down there in Miami. How good can Sertan be? I think he's like first team all pro this year if they do things right. Oh, yeah. That kid's a fucking. Yeah, he's yeah. And that gives you a chance to let's go lock up, play man to man, and then see what happens. Let them eat up front. You, you know, got a guy that can play man. You got a blitz too, right? Yep. So, how good this secondary? Who's the other corner in your opinion, Brew? Like, is it going to be the Amujane kid? Is it going to be Darby? Because the other three spots are done. Yeah. Simmons, Kareem, and Sam, the yeah. two are done. Mm-hmm. Who's the other guy that's going to lock down that, that secondary position? And then the nickel position. You've played that nickel position for years. The nickel linebacker for years. How important is that spot, too? Oh, man. So let's start. I think I think Darby. I think Darby's got the experience. He's He'll be able to come into his own, grow a little bit. It's like... You know, I know he's had some years under his belt, and I think Amujane still needs to learn. Still needs to come up and grow, grow a little bit. Now that nickel spot, man, like it's tough because we had Chris and mm-hmm. like seeing how just lock it, just that. lock you got him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy just played played man on Wes, on Julian Edelman, on how many, like. Hey, not to change the subject, but I'm going to because this is my show. Um, how many Hall of Famers were on that defense? I mean, Demarcus and Vaughn, definitely. Yep. Tlaib, 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 Chris. Three. Chris is four. How many ring of fingers? Shit. Shit. Let's throw, one, throw this guy out there. One. Make this fucking happen, by yeah. the way. One, Demarcus, <laughs> Vaughn, Tlaib, 
Chris. Yeah, I mean, Malik, Malik could Malik for that could. year. Yeah. That year, but like he was killing it but that more year. More of a longevity thing, yeah. I think, with the Ring of Fame. Yeah, like how long he played with the team and whatnot. Yep. And so, I don't know, yeah. really good question. Yeah. In the comments and shit, who else from the Broncos from that era? Who else deserves to be a Ring of Famer? I think, think you could think you would even put T.J. Ward in that conversation. That's one thing. You could put Darren Stewart in that. Put Darren in that too, bro. God, Darren. You put just put the whole goddamn defense in that bitch because just the whole defense. Two thousand fifteen defense right there. Orange Crush right there. Boom. Two point oh right there. Right there. All right. So look, moving moving forward. Forward here, but I think the secondary is going to be elite. The line, the linebackers. We had Josie Jewel on the other day when we were on altitude at the at the at our training camp, and looks really good. Big, strong, some bitch. You know, he's going to play hard. You know, call him the fucking outlaw for nothing. Um, I really like that some bitch middle linebacker. Yeah. I think he's, he stays healthy. He's been oh, yeah. a great fucking year. Yeah. Talk about the D line. Well, if you went out there, you, you know, you got to talk to the team. Uh, you announced your retirement, brother. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. So Thank fucking you. happy for you to go out there and sign up one day with, with the boys and for them to treat you the right way. That's big time. It's, yeah, they look, did it right, man. I really look, appreciate man, it. This, this franchise, and I'll just tell a little story. I remember I was, you know, I was undrafted and changed positions. I was just a grunt in the league. And I signed with Denver, and I'm, you know, fighting for a job and whatnot. We got all the way through the offseason program. The last day of the offseason program, Mr. Bowen was in there in his fucking leather pants, looking like a Jeep. Yep. And he walks in and he walks straight up to me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I did something wrong. This isn't good. And he walks up and he goes, Matt McChesney. I was like, yeah, Mr. B, how you doing? And shake his hand. He goes, what's now on high school? And see, you, you're proud to see you. You're a proud Colorado guy. You've been a Bronco fan your whole life. And I was like, since I was a whip. I was like, I used to be in the South Stands and shit with my boss back in the day. I was like, this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. He's like, Really glad you're here, son. And just kind of hit me on the shoulder and walked off. And I was like, fuck it, man, I pulled it <laughs> But that's yeah. the franchise. Mm-hmm. They didn't give yeah. a fuck here. Yep, that's what did. makes this place so versus, versus Snyder out there in Washington. Couldn't even yeah. get Kirk Cousins' name right. Like, it's a ball. Was ball Baltimore doesn't feel the same as it does here. I mean, really good I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore's a good franchise, though. Great like, franchise. They take care of their guys. They keep their guys around. I mean, they're still, I was on a team with a bunch of guys from that 2012 Super Bowl team still. Well, they're still they there. kept them there. Yeah. They still keep them around. They're still, you know, they might not be producing, but they want them around, and they got a lot of old players that still work. You know, former players that still work for the but team. How many franchises do you really think are like that? Like, I don't. I think they're few and far between. The Chargers ain't like that. No. I mean, the, I don't know. If the Raiders are trying to go back there, but Al like was scorched earth for 15, 20 years, where yeah. he just pissed everybody off at the end of his life. Yeah. So I don't think that there's a ton of franchises that actually. Do do their guys right, man. It's tough coming from such a great AAA plus organization and going to any anything less than that. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, was, it was such hey, a transition. They, uh, do you guys remember when you were playing the Redskins back in the day? And I hate the fact that they changed that name, but whatever. Um, do you remember walking out of the visitors' locker room and having all the cheerleaders lined up right in front of you? Do you remember that? Yep. They stopped doing it. Uh, yep, they still do it. They still do it. So, they still do the Delaware. So you walk out at FedEx, and FedEx is huge, goes straight up. And you're walking out the visitor locker room, and every single now Commanders, which is the worst fucking name ever, it's worse than the Guardians. Not the, almost as bad. The Guardians three bad too. Uh, they changed the they changed the stadium name to Galaxy. Then. 
You know, we get, <laughs> we get down on it. Guardians of the Galaxy. Dog. Then it'd be the best name out there. The Indians are an iconic baseball. Oh, Major League got ruined. My favorite fucking movie. Oh, it's me, Major League. Totally fucked it up. Oh, let's go, Guardians. I'm over it. Like, I used to love the Indians. I'm over it. I still go, I still say go tribe. I still go tribe. But neither here nor there. You walk out of the veteran's fucking room and every single cheerleader, and they're bad. Let's be real, they're fucking cheerleaders. Are just ass up, stretching, titties hanging out, just like, hey, have a good game. Like, <laughs> where, where, where are we? <laughs> Third down? Third down? <laughs> and like, but that goes full circle back to how shitty that fucking place is. He's telling them to do that. Dallas, like, hey, go out there and shake your ass and titties, girl. Right Dallas before. does the same thing. They make you walk through the bar. Right there, oh, and Dallas they're lined is, up with yeah. Dallas is just you're walking through a club. They got so dancers like, everywhere. Yes. fire going off yeah. everywhere. Smoking. And you're like, oh. do you think Denver needs that in the new stadium? Do you think we need to go to stretch? Because look, I went to the over last year in Vegas, the Monday night game that played the spaceship. Mm-hmm. I think I watched maybe two quarters, and the rest of the time I was like, holy fucking shit, look at this! Oh my god, look at this! Let's go play some fucking crafts inside the goddamn, <laughs> <laughs> goddamn stadium. This is fucking awesome. But like the stadiums are are turning in now to more even more entertainment in the game yep. there's a huge push for the broncos to demo that bitch and it's only been here for 20 fucking years yep. i played in the old mile high back in the day bro when i was in college before they they tore it down which was awesome but the, i this the like, empowered's it, it nice like yeah. it, it's loud it's, it's a nice stadium how about fun. just like doming would you consider doming it? I don't think you should. Super, you don't it, you get a Super Bowl. I don't think they should. I think you can still you can still play a Super Bowl here. The weather they played a Super we played a Super Bowl in, in New York. New York, but they, that's because but, they go to New York. But with they they don't 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 the roof. How much you want to bet they never do it again? Oh no! I will, that was I will, miserable. I will be I will be on that voting board like hell no. no. Think about it. Don't even <laughs> think about it. It's miserable. Okay, so if, but at the same time, look at it from a business perspective. You dome empower. You renovate it and dome it, or you build them a new megaplex with a dome or a retractable roof, okay? We'll just say it's retractable. You definitely get a Super Bowl, multiple. You get Final Force. You get everything that you can imagine that they do at all these other places that are domed. Now you can do it in depth. But look, Walton is worth 60 billion. 64. 64. So, 64. <laughs> Don't forget the four. And look, they, brought, they brought in some really, really good minority ownership, yeah. too. Oh, oh yeah. Right. So who's, the, who's the fuck? Lewis Hamilton. That's one racer? That motherfucker's paid. Yeah. Dude. They made all They're going to, like, this place, they, listen, they're going to make, this place is going to make money. Oh, they're gonna yeah. French fight. Okay. They're gonna, it's gonna make money. And it's never gonna, has a mint. It's gonna come clip hanging the other day. And like the first scene, it's like the Denver mint. Yeah. <laughs> um, the movie does kick ass. Don't tell me it doesn't. Let's go watch Clip Hanger. Just hold on. Like, like, I didn't realize when I was a kid watching it, I was like, God damn, these are sweets. Really high up there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm scared of heights. Uh, but I look the Broncos and this entire franchise moving forward here, as we wrap this up, I think they are in an unbelievable advantageous position here. So oh, yeah. If you can have all that craziness with the Bowens, and I don't know if you guys ever followed Johnny Johnny's yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Johnny's. He is. There's something going on up here. I'm not really sure what it is, but he's got something going on. Uh, he loves his team, though. I will say that he loves the Broncos. I just think he says it in a very, how do I say this? 
Uh, Unconventional way? Yes. There you go. Just <laughs> he just doesn't <laughs> care. He does not care. He does not give a shit. I'll take a check that he just did. 400. Probably about 400 million. Wow! Ah, man, I think they all got four hundred million. No, you get the time machine and go back to the like fifties. I'm doing everything humanly possible to buy a pro football team. Oh, are you kidding like, me? The first thing I'm doing yeah. that land. Yeah, well, I think Jerry. I think Jerry Jones paid. Uh, I mean, he paid pennies on the dollar. Pennies, bro. Yeah. They bought the Cowboys in nineteen eighty nine for fucking nothing. Yeah, which is crazy. Nothing, man. They would. They were. Down and out franchise, yeah. and nobody wanted to buy them. Yeah. And they just let the Arkansas oil man come in and swoop them up. All right, so. <laughs> now it's worth 20 billion. 20 fucking billion. <laughs> All right, so the Broncos move forward here. I'm going to be out training camp again on Saturday. Uh, I'll be out there on 92.5, so make sure you check out the show. We'll be out there watching the guys get down. Um, another great show down here, Six Year Football Academy. Look, any and all parents, kids out there looking for opportunity, we've got. Ten guys in the film room right over there learning personnel groupings and fronts and learning how to watch tape and communicate with each other. They all don't go to school together. Um, you know, I'll let Derek and, and, and Dave elaborate on this a little bit because they've been around. You know, Dave, obviously, between the lines is, is in here. And Derek has been here working with the guys. But I'm very passionate about this. And we are in the business of helping guys. From Travis's son, Connor, who's in the University of Michigan, is an early enrollee, too. You know, I, I, I'm going to post this later today, but I went through and I just started taking pictures. And I, I posted it last night, but then TikTok got mad because of the music that I had on, so I deleted it. But it's like 190 pictures of just guys in college that are playing, guys that made in the league, all the pictures of us working over the last 14 years. And I have to look back sometimes, and I'm reflecting my own son, Nicholas, right now, who's running the TikTok Live, started his first football practice last night. And... Uh, the emotion that I had on the field was incredible. And just the the full circle aspect of this, not only watching everybody else's kids having success, but now my own boy being in the program and how much success he's having and he's just starting. So this place is different. This is not just a place to come run a ladder and, you know, dick around for 10 sessions. We are invested in this room and trying to help you not pay for college as a parent and your kid go live his dream and maybe one day He's sitting around like we are because we're all we're all just grunts who got an opportunity. I know damn well both of you are. You're workers, you're grunts. I'm a worker, I'm a grunt. This is a grunt game. And if you work, there's going to be so many opportunities out there. So go to SixZeroAcademy.com and check it out. Check out all the platforms on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Six Zero Academy. Uh, and we will put you in the right direction. The coach tube aspect of this. Go to Coach Tube. Type in Six Zero Academy. It will pump, come up, and you'll see all the different stuff we're doing. It's fourteen ninety nine a month, and you get unlimited access to all the film and everything else we're going to be posting from a technique standpoint, so you can learn from a distance. So, guys, just to to, to close this up here on 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 the podcast today, give your two cents on what you see this place and, and see in here with these young kids and how we're trying to get back because in this politically correct world out here. They don't understand football and really what it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for, for me, I love what you're doing with these kids. Because uh, you know how I feel about how so- the softening of America. Is oh, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, they call it what is it, the pussification of America. Pussification of America. You know, it's uh, the, the attack on masculinity and the attack on aggressive. you got to, listen, if you want to make it in this game, you got to be a fucking dog. Yep. Like, a controlled animal, yeah, yes. what I call it. Like, I... Jordan Patterson, you know who Jordan Patterson is, the psychologist, he's all over social media. And I started reading one of his books. 
And there's a there's a chapter in the book where he's all he's saying, look, I, I want every man to be as dangerous as humanly possible under control. That is true discipline. Yeah. Not not being a total pushover and a pussy and like not having the ability to protect yourself or your family or anything else. And that is that's considered the new norm. He's like, that's not the way it should be. You should be dangerous and under control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what you're teaching these kids is how to how to accept criticism. Right. How do you take the criticism? Right. Because they're going to go to college and it's not going to like so it's not going to be, you know what I mean? It's not going to be. That's not the way it goes. Off right? the like, top of your head, D-line story, the first one, first time they ever, when you were like, holy fuck, this coach is a mess. I mean, Coach Wilson pumped the projector in front of me. I heard, I, I heard a coach. He didn't wake up this morning. I'm, I've heard coaches tell, I've heard coaches tell guys to go, you need, you need to quit. You need to kill yourself. Get the fuck out of here. Holy like, shit. Yeah, should, that's pretty worth looking. He's like, he's like, you don't, you're soft. I've seen it. I mean, when I got, when I came to, to college, I had a, um, a pretty decent D-line coach, but then I had Steve Stripling. Who was a okay. who's a CU buff? Yep. And Steve Stripling came in my second, my third year in college, and he, I mean, he elevated my game to another level because he was critical. At he was critical, but he would. It was like you wanted to make you wanted to like make him proud, right? You know, because it's like the harder you are, I mean, the more yeah, you give a shit. It's like if he wasn't saying, and he made it clear. Like I said to those boys the other day, I said, "Look, if if I wasn't saying shit to you, that means I don't think that you got anything to give no here. Like, to speak, there's no reason. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even talk to you." And that's how Strip was. If he didn't think that you could, you were going to be worth a damn, he just wouldn't even bother coaching it. But if he thought that you had the ability to be great, he would push you and push you and push you. Bill Kolar, same way. He would push you to your absolute limit where you wanted to break. And then, and then if you, and then he didn't want to tell you twice. He told you one time, I'm going to come and coach you one time on it. All right. And if you don't fix it, then that's your fault. And, and, and that's, the, that's the beauty of the National Football League is if you don't figure it out, you might get another opportunity, but you might not. Yeah. yeah. How about you? When you, from your perspective here at six zero. Man, I think you're toughening the kids up between the years. Like you can go out there throw weights around all all you want, but that, this shit is a mental game. Like it is a mental game. If the kid we had yesterday, like those other kids fed on the fact that he was mentally breaking down. Oh, yeah. so they just they were kept attacking it. They were attacking it. That's so, so that, white boys, everybody's coming out of the film room right now. We're close. So that, that's just, that's how it is here. It's like you're toughening the guys up, not just giving them fundamentally sound technique tips and things of that nature, but you're toughening them between the ears. Yeah. And that shit goes a long fucking way. And I had a coach like that, Corin Brown at Notre Dame. Great coach. Great, I'm great. TV, I don't need Yeah, Biggest hit I've ever seen on Keyshawn Johnson. Um, but yeah, just was just always tough and always riding your ass. But he was like, you don't just fucking learn safety. Like you learn corner, you learn linebacker. So that's what instilled like I gotta learn I gotta learn I gotta learn this shit. Like learn everything. Like I'm not just a safety, I'm a player. I'm a ball player. The techniques you're teaching these guys here is like Okay, well, they play play D line. They could play linebacker. They could play, play the end. They could be on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. So they're getting they're getting it, and it's just going to help their game as they as they get older and progress through this sport. Yeah. College pro ball be like you bounce back and forth between different positions and yeah. uh, jack of all trades when it comes to the line. Ability to handle it, mm-hmm. yep. like I a part of me died when they were like you're playing offense, and then I was like, okay, that sucks, but it really doesn't. And Callahan looked at me and said, "Now you know the snap count. Go be a prick." And I was yeah. like, "Fuck, I'm in." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Hey, so next week on uh, on the podcast here at Six Zero, we have the great the go, 
Number 27, Steve Atwater, is in-house uh, for an hour to talk everything Broncos. Obviously, he made the Hall of Fame last year. He's been on the show for years. Yeah. Um, I, my favorite Bronco of all time, uh, hands down. So it, it's going to be awesome to have Steve here next weekend. And everybody out there, thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you. Uh, make sure you go check out all the different platforms where all the content is at. And we will keep this big rolling. Derek, brother. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you, man. man. Appreciate awesome. it. Yes, sir. Work we go. Yes, sir. All right, that's a wrap, bitches. Have a great day.